Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Fifty AM KKNW in Seattle on the web and of course on uh, Facebook Live and a good morning to you there as well and um, wherever you may be listening uh, this fine morning is well I was going to say beautiful morning but it's gray here I mean it's gray all the time I mean I couldn't catch a tan if I ran out in the street with no clothes on uh, although I could catch hell for that uh, from the neighbors I don't think they would much like that. And being as I live up the block from a park, it may turn into a legal issue or two. So I will not do that, but I will try to entertain you for the next hour here as we have some interesting and good stuff for you, automotive-wise. Very busy week in the automotive world um, with uh, just a lot of stuff going on. You know, racing season is hitting uh, full tilt boogie. You have, uh, you know, a couple of, of brands, uh, manufacturers that are uh, showing off some new stuff that they have uh, come up with. And, uh, of course, we will have uh, our road test for you and a Father's Day edition of uh, the Saturday morning cartoon. All of that coming up for you on this uh, Saturday morning. So let's get down to we started out this morning with, um, well, the weather. Now, listen, it's interesting because here we don't get the heat that they are experiencing in other parts of the country. Now, granted, last year we got it. People were going nuts. They didn't know what to do. Roads were buckling. Uh, you know, you couldn't buy an air conditioner. Remember the guy had a, went down to Portland and bought a truckload of air conditioners and brought them up and in a, in a, in a, a move in a move that should get this guy into heaven. Uh, he, uh, did not charge any extra than he paid for him, except a couple of bucks, I think for gas, uh, you know, for the air conditioner, just brought him up. He says, okay, this is where I'll be. If you want one, bring $249 or whatever it was, plus $5 for gas, $254, and you, you go away with an air conditioner uh, while supplies last. And um, I, I just thought that was a beautiful thing to do uh, for people because I'm sure there are people out there that were jacking up the prices of air conditioners and cooling appliances of all kinds. So one of the things that I want to do and I, and I like to do is to give you information on this show so that you uh, think about it and you can use it. And one of the things that I was thinking about uh, this week was the fact that, um, you know, the hot weather is going to come. And if you don't, if it doesn't come here, chances are once you get out of here, you're going to go to it. If you go over to Eastern Washington, you go over to Idaho, you go down to California, to Oregon, you are going to run into um, hot weather. And so we just wanted to give you a couple of quick reminders about some of the things that you should be doing uh, with your car and for your car um, during the hot weather. And again, you have to prepare your car for the hot weather, just like you have to prepare your car for the winter. And the number one thing 
I will tell you, and I can't drive this home enough to you, is to check the air in your tires. The air in your tires means so much. It means safety. When, you're, when your tires are properly inflated, your car is operating at its safest. If you have to make an emergency move, it handles better. It just, it, 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 it just takes care of a world of problems, not to mention the fact that you get better gas mileage. And these days at $6 a gallon, which it's uh, quickly headed toward around here, I mean, it was $5.45 at Costco yesterday. Um, just to, uh, to get to that, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, filling up your ties, looking inside your door, finding the exact prescribed um, uh, air pressure to have in your tires and putting the air in there. And making sure, checking it once a week or once every two weeks to make sure that the pressure is good, that you don't have any leaks or anything like that, is probably one of the biggest things you can do for your car. And your pocketbook, it's, it's just a fact. So if you can, and also remember, if you are going to travel with a car full of kids, a car full of luggage, a car full of, you know, stuff to take up to the lake, a trailer, all of these different things change how much air pressure you should have in your tires. And if you're not sure or you don't know, go to a tire store. They will be more than happy uh, to check the air in your tires and to look at what you got, go to Costco, go to Les Schwab, go to Firestone, go to any tire store, and uh, they will be more than happy to check the air in your tires and and make sure that you have uh, the right stuff uh, in the tire, the right amount of air. I, I, I just can't stress it enough. Uh, I, I know I, I must feel like a broken record on this, uh, but it is just so important. You see more accidents more things happening to people when they have a low tire or their tire isn't inflated correctly or something along those lines. So please, we, uh, you know, we like all the listeners, all of our listeners, we love them and we don't want to lose any of you, uh, uh, especially because you didn't have the proper amount, <clears throat> excuse me, of air in your tires. Uh, the next thing is make sure that you have antifreeze in your radiator. And it, you don't have uh, bad hoses, uh, bad fan belts, all of the things that, you know, that, that, that help the cooling system in the car. Uh, your water pump, make sure that your water pump is working properly. If you don't know how to test it, drive it into a mechanic and ask him about it. Uh, usually, if there's play in the fan, if you can move the fan from side to side a little bit, uh, that means you may have a bad bearing in your water pump. So you need uh, to check that out because, again, you don't want to get stuck in the middle of uh, the Palouse or something like that or on your way over to Idaho uh, with a bad water pump because there, when you take into consideration the possibility, they may not be able to get another water for you right away 
uh, it can really ruin a vacation. So make sure you have the high quality antifreeze. Um, and it's good to have the antifreeze because it has a higher boiling point than water. It keeps the engine cooler. And as I said, make sure your hoses and your belts are all working properly uh, and are not worn. They're little things. But believe me, you'll thank me when, you know, you, you find a belt that's frayed and you say, oh, man, look at this. I would have never looked at this except Vinny told me to do it. Um, also, going back to your tires a second, make sure that you stay fairly close to your weight limits. Uh, make sure that your spare tire is in good operating shape. And also, when you're putting air in your tires, make look at the tires. Make sure there's not frayed, there's not cord showing, uh, there's not uh, one side is worn more than the other. Again, you know, you're, you're driving along, you're hit by a summer rainstorm, and the next thing you know, your car is hydroplaning because you have uh, one side of your tire is bald. So, again, these, these, these trips over to the eastern side of the state, over to Idaho, over to Montana, wherever you're going, you're going on the road, they wreak havoc on a car. But you do have control over this to a certain degree. You also um, make sure that you have, as, I, as we always talk about, um, a, a, an emergency kit in your car. A couple of flares, some oil, some coolant, uh, some simple tools. Make sure you get good ones. Don't, don't get crappy tools. My father always stressed, don't get crappy tools. Get good ones. Um, you know, a portable cell phone charger and a little battery. I carry one of those booster packs, you know, that you get at Amazon for 100 bucks, and you hook the booster cables to it. It's in your trunk. You charge it, and you forget about it. And whether you need a boost at some point because you've been running your air conditioner or all of your electrical stuff in the car or a, a friend or a motorist needs a boost at night. You go past somebody and they're stuck. Uh, it's an invaluable tool. I've used it five or six times already. <clears throat> and uh, I think it's one, uh, one of the, um, one of the really great things that have been invented when it comes to cars. So, do all of that. Drive within uh, reasonable. I mean, I know, listen, uh, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, Lord, you got to do the speed limit because you and I both know that that that's a variable. But don't be the guy that goes blowing past everybody on I-5 in the carpool lane doing 95 miles an hour. Because that, that that's that's not going to work. And it's easy to do that right now because, let's face it, the, the cops aren't enforcing things uh, like they used to for the most part. As far as they had other, bigger fish to fry than catching speeders. 
doesn't mean they're not going to get you. All it means is that you're going to get caught eventually. But what's worse than getting caught is maybe you're going to hurt somebody, and you don't want to do that. And finally, but most importantly, never leave your pets in the car on a hot day with the windows rolled up, even with the windows rolled down. You can cook a steak in a hot car. You don't want to come back with a dog uh, on the front seat that's been cooked. Uh, you certainly don't want to leave your children in the car. We have become, as a society, so stupid that we now have cars that are sold with warning signals to check the back seat. I don't know. I, it just says to me a lot, <laughs> so much in one small thing. But new, you know, these new cars that I drive, most of, them, if not all of them, now come with a warning um, signal to check the back seat before you get out of the car. Make sure you're not leaving your uh, son, daughter, dog, cat, uh, hamster, ocelot, whatever you uh, you have as a pet. Or a, a family member, don't leave, don't leave grandma in the back of the car on a 101-degree day. Not a smart idea. So those are things that you can do. And again, summer's coming. Uh, it'll be summer this week, and it's time to think about these things. And if one person that listens to the show goes to a store and uh, to a, a, a tire place or a gas station and checks their tire pressure and make sure that the car is okay, then I will feel like I've done my job because chances are somewhere along the line that we're saving a life. And uh, that's, uh, that's what you try to do when you do these kinds of things, when you do a show like this. You try to help people be better drivers. Uh, be better operators of vehicle, be more aware, pay more attention to what's going on around them. So nothing wrong with that. Uh, what else we got going on this morning? Oh, yes, we have um, the uh, oh, catalytic converters. <laughs> you know, this, the thieves are not letting up on these things. I was just reading an article here from Car and Driver was talking about the um, 10 cars that catalytic converter thieves are targeting the most. And uh, let me quickly run down the list here. Uh, number 10 is the 2001-2021 Prius. If you have a Prius, you're a target. They have... Um, Certain elements in these catalytic converters is in the hybrids uh, that I guess the more valuable than just an average regular old catalytic converter. And I guess they figure Prius people aren't going to prosecute them. You know, they're very hippy-dippy, peace-love, Manischewitz kind of people. So if they get caught, you'll just let them go with a slap on the wrist, which you should. You should prosecute them. But that's your business. The uh, 2011 to 2017 Chrysler 200 is um, a big target. 
if you can find them out there. I was last time you saw a uh, 2011, 2017 Chrysler 200 on the road. I haven't seen them. Uh, this is a huge one here. Number eight, the 87 to 2019 Toyota Camry. Uh, all of the different versions of the Camry. Uh, you know, it's not a, a, an exciting car to drive or anything like that, but for thieves, when they see it, because a lot of the Camrys have a good lift on them, and they can, a skinny person can crawl under there and saw that catalytic converter off. The Honda CRV, nice high vehicle, a lot of ground clearance, so it can go off road. You can slide under that thing and cut the catalytic converter out of it like that. So that's uh, number seven on the list. Number six is the Chevy Equinox. Again, a high vehicle, room enough to slide under it and be not noticed from the street, from the driveway. You can, there's enough room under there where you can get, well, I can't. I mean, I never try to see me slide under a car, uh, take pictures. But it's high enough that a skinny catalytic converter thief can slide under there and take the catalytic converter out while you're sitting in the living room watching your favorite show and your car's in the driveway. And believe you me, the brazenness of, of some of these uh, cats that do this stuff is, is almost unbelievable how, uh, how nervy they are, how much they, you know, they just don't care. I guess it's, you know, if you're high on junk or whatever, you're not caring all that much um, about uh, the chances. You need to get the catalytic converter out of the car and get it to the guy who buys it so you can get your cash and get your fix, right? Number five, the Chevy Silverado. Again, high clearance vehicles. Um, the Econoline E-Series, 90 to 22. Um, the Econoline is, um, was America's favorite van, but again, high clearance. Uh, maybe maybe some of them have dual exhaust, so maybe you get two catalytic converters at the same time. Uh, great fans, but again, you got to be you got to be careful because people are going after these things. Uh, number three, the 20, uh, 2007 to two thousand seventeen Jeep Patriot. Not a fast car, but they get the catalytic converters off of them fast. Um, again, high vehicle. What's the common thing we're seeing in most of these vehicles? They're not Ferraris. They're not loaded to the ground. Nobody's stealing a catalytic converter off of a Corvette. This is a vehicle that you can slide under fairly easy. Has a lot of ground clearance. So it's not hard for somebody to uh, get under there with a saw and go to work. And to be honest with you, I don't think there's a heck of a lot you can do about it. Maybe you can go out and buy one of those catalytic converter cages so that when the guy gets under there or the woman, whoever's stealing, gets under there, they look up and they see that it's protected and they don't waste their time. They move on to another one. Maybe that's the uh, partial answer. Uh, the number two car is the 89 to 2020 Honda Accord. It is uh, 
Well, it's, it's one of the best-selling sedans of all time. So naturally, while this one doesn't have the ground clearance uh, that we're talking about, uh, it has, for some reason, people love a Honda catalytic converters. I don't know if they're easy to get off or what, but they seem to be a favorite among catalytic converter thieves. So uh, if you have this kind of car, the Honda Accord, you may want to take extra precautions. And the number one vehicle that is getting ripped off for anybody want to take a guess out there? Anybody? All right. The 85 to 2021 Ford F-Series pickup truck. The best-selling vehicle in North America is also the one that's most commonly targeted by people that like to steal catalytic converters. There's a ton of them around. Uh, they sit in parking lots of construction companies. They sit um, unused over weekends. When people go away, they, you know, they leave their, their so they, they you know, there's a ton of them out there. They make easy targets. You know, I mean, you go to a construction company lot or something like that where you have, I don't know, 15, 20 of these things parked and you have yourself a field day. And the huge problem right now is that once they steal your catalytic converter, because of supply chain issues, it's harder and harder to get them again. So you may have to run around with, with a, a truck without a catalytic converter for a while. Which I can't imagine is going to make your neighbors happy or you. But those are the top 10 cars and trucks uh, that are targeted by thieves uh, for catalytic converter uh, theft. So keep that in mind. Uh, do, if, you know, try to protect yourself. I don't know, again, what you can do short of parking your car off the street and um, putting some kind of device, some kind of mechanism on the bottom of your truck or car so the catalytic converter can't easily be removed. Uh, you know, it used to be, well, put in a well-lit area, this, that, the other thing. But nowadays, it's almost like the thieves don't care anymore. I mean, if they get caught stealing a catalytic converter, what's going to happen to them? They're going to get kicked out, you know, and be out on the street again. They'll be out on the street faster than you fill out the police report. It's not right. Got to do something about that. I don't know what it is. And I know, I know there's a ton of you right now saying, well, you don't have to go on my driveway. I shoot to kill him. Are you going to kill somebody over a catalytic converter? Over a, you know, a thousand dollar item? Would you, would you shoot somebody for that? Because I have friends that that's the first thing they'll say as well. If they come in my driveway, I'll fire a warning shot right through their chest. We live in a crazy society these days. And we have to pay more money to, to live in it. Uh, as gas prices 
are uh, once again going through the roof. No relief in sight. Gas Buddy has uh, gas at over $6 a gallon in California. I mean, it's ridiculous. And if you're thinking it's going to get better, consider this. And I've heard this in a couple of places. The oil companies do not want to develop more capacity right now because they see the handwriting on the wall. They see the future. The future for cars is other than gasoline. So if you're an oil company, what uh, what incentive do you have to build a new refining plant that could be obsolete in 10 years? I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? I mean, if you're a, if, if you're a, a hot dog wagon, you know, they're going to ban hot dogs in five years. Are you going to go out and buy a brand spanking new wagon and order more hot dogs? No, you're going to work on what you have. You're going to stay with the, you, you know, you, because you know in five years you're going to be out of business. Same thing with gasoline. Uh, yes, there's always going to be a demand for gasoline, but as these electric cars develop more, become more uh, practical to use as the range gets longer. People are saying, well, you know, oil company executives are saying, well, listen, we better make our money while we can because there ain't going to be any time to go out and make more money in another few years. The whole world's going to be against us. So I know everybody wants to blame the president and believe you me, there's plenty to blame him about, but this is not one of, one of the things you can hang on, in, in my opinion, and in the opinion of many, many economists, not political people, but economists, people that do this stuff uh, for a living, that look at these uh, situations and analyze them and come up with reasons why things happen so that we can maybe avoid it from happening in the future. Not an easy time to be living right now, I'll tell you. It really isn't. All right, let's let's talk. Oh, by the way, I did want to talk about um, Toyota showed off something this week that I thought was really cool. Um, I don't know, Nathan, if you got the pictures back there or not of the uh, little blue Toyota um, compact cruiser. I sent an email and it bounced back. Let me see if I can share it here real quick. Anyway, Toyota um, preview. Got it right there. There you go. Look at that. Uh, they previewed this thing this week. It's a it's a clay model right now. It's not a production vehicle, but they are saying that this electric vehicle could be. Um, or a variant of it could be out on the street in um, the not too distant future. 
I think it's cool looking. I mean, it's got a little bit of uh, of Land Rover in it. It's got a little bit of uh, Transformers in it. Has a little bit of the FJ, which I loved. Um, I think um, I don't know, Nathan. You tell me. What do you think? Just like every electric vehicle, it stands out among the crowd. They can do so much with electric vehicles, and this really shows the potential for uniqueness in an electric vehicle. That's all I can really say to describe it after my first impressions, taking a look at it. It almost looks like something you'll pull out of the toy box, yet something that also looks very practical for going on the road and a little bit into the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, it has the... uh... You know, it looks like you could put a tent on top of it, like Subaru has their Wilderness Edition with the tent on top. Um, you know, it, it looks spacious enough. I don't have any inside pictures of it, but it looks spacious enough that you could probably sleep in the back of it. I mean, it really looks like kind of a very cool utility vehicle. You know, it's got, uh, it's got, um, I don't know, is it the Transformers look to it? Or it looks like kind of like a Tonka truck. You know, it's got that kind of cool look to it uh, that, you know, you played with when you were a kid. So hopefully uh, the powers that be at Toyota will show off the, uh, uh, well, not just show it off, but will bring it to to actual fruition. And you'll be able to walk into a showroom, if showrooms still exist in five years, and, uh, and buy it. I am pretty sure that, you know, they're, their EV platforms uh, will support something like this pretty readily. Uh, that's the great thing, as you said, uh, pointed out so well about electric vehicles is you have the opportunity to hang bodies on things uh, that, you know, with gasoline vehicles, you don't have the chance to do because you have to make accommodations for a gas tank. You have to make accommodations for uh, you know the, the the running gear and everything with the with the, the electric vehicle, you know, you put four motors and four wheels, and you're uh, and you're good to go. So we'll see if uh, I hope they build it. I think it's a really cool looking little Toyota, and I would love to pull up to. Uh, I don't know where I would pull up to in something that looked like that. I love the color, the blue and the red stripe and everything. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty cool. All right, let's do uh, let's do our Yo Vinny. Yo Vinny, what are you driving this week? Well, Nathan, what am I driving this week? You would not believe what I'm driving this week, Nathan. Are you driving a Toyota FJ Cruiser electric vehicle? What do I wish? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm driving. Um, I'm driving a Mazda three. Oh, it, hey, that was sound familiar. I haven't even had a chance to drive it yet. It just showed up this morning uh, at the uh, at the Drive Time Radio garage here, so I haven't had a chance to um, to take it out or drive it or really do much of anything with it. I don't I don't even know what model it is. I just know that it's a Mazda three, and I know that uh, this afternoon I'm going to take it out, take it on up on the uh, Joe Ricci course, uh, automotive test course in. Uh, see what it's got, and I'm looking forward to uh, spending the day in it, uh, the, the weekend, I should say, and uh, having some fun with it. You know me, I love, I love the Mazda, and uh, love the way it handles, love the way it rides, love the way it drives, 
So it's uh, it's a good week, in my opinion, when you when you get to get into one of these things and uh, you know test it out, drive it around a little bit, and then, and then I could always tell my friends I look as cool as Nathan. I'll take that as a compliment. I would. How were uh, how, how was your week, Nathan? Oh, it's going pretty good. I just found out from the auto shop that the parts did come in. So I'll be taking it in next uh, week on Tuesday and getting it in for repairs. And in the meantime, I'll have a rental vehicle, probably pretty similar to what I currently drive, obviously, to Mazda 3, and spend some time in that and hopefully get my car back within one to two weeks. Now, let me ask you a crazy question. Why would, would you rent a car? Why wouldn't you try to get something completely different? that you drive every day so that you would have the experience of driving something totally out of your comfort zone. So, you know, mm. just, just absolutely the opposite. Well, there is a little bit of an issue in that I am an outlier in terms of height standing at six foot six uh, and yeah. my class of vehicle. I mean, not every car I fit into right. as well as I might with a Mazda three. I know I fit into something like maybe a Honda civic pretty well, but if I get like a Toyota Corolla or if I get maybe a Volkswagen Jetta, you know, I might not necessarily fit in that car. And what if that's all that the rental company has available? Yeah. And then I have yeah. to probably try to work and haggle out maybe a larger class just so I can fit into the vehicle properly. Yeah. Yeah. We want, yeah. We want to make sure that, uh, that uh, you fit in the vehicle because driving a car, looking through the sunroof there's no way to drive <laughs> or hunched over or <laughs> <laughs> getting into like the fetal position acting like i'm crying but really i'm driving a car sucks being tall sometimes huh it has its pros and cons for sure yeah yeah well i'm yeah, surprised I, think, I don't walk around every day with a helmet on my head <laughs> yeah let's let's not have you do that well i'm glad your parts are in i'm glad that you uh are, are gonna get your car resolved um, it was good seeing you this week. And Nathan and I went out and had a little lunch this week at uh, Matt's Hot Dogs down in uh, South Seattle. And um, if you want, if you're looking for a good hot dog, man, I can't recommend a place better than Matt's, man, the places. And they don't, you know, they don't give us the hot dogs for free or anything like that. We pay for it. it's just a damn good hot dog. Simple done well. I mean, he doesn't have like his own special sauces or secret ingredients. He just puts the you know, that typical traditional stuff on and does it well. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great hot dog. All right, let's take a, uh, uh, a quick break here. We'll come back and I uh, want to tell you a little bit about uh, a, well, a couple of things that uh, are still hanging out there that we want to make sure that you know about. We also have our uh, cartoon coming up, a special Father's Day tribute cartoon. And uh, of course, our, Drive Time Radio Road Test coming up. It is Drive Time Radio. I'm New York Vinny. He's Nathan, the producer. And together, we're working our way through a Saturday morning here on 1150 KKNW. Coming, the new 1956 Nash, Thursday, November 17th. It's the world's finest travel car. Built for the long run, designed for the most fun. Nash is a long-distance car. It's sweet on the byways and fleet on the highways. The Nash is ahead by far. If you like to go places, see your 
gonna show places in this great land of ours. You want an ash with all its flash and all its dash. You want Nash, the traveling car. A real hook, the ground car, a big, safe and sound car, protecting those near and dear. A steel girder cruiser, this big, handsome cruiser, can take it year after year. Nash is a road car, a big, heavy load car, the safest in every way. You're safer in a Nash with all its flash and all its dash. You'll love Nash, your traveling car. On Thursday, November 17th, see the greatest travel cars ever built. The beautiful new Nash Ambassador and Statesman. Brilliant new beauty, blazing new power, exclusive new travel features. They're years ahead of all other cars. The new 1956 Nash, Thursday, November 17th at your Nash dealers. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, we're going to drive time radio. New York City hanging out with you here on a Saturday morning. Thanks a lot for coming along for the ride. Oh, my heart broke when I saw this next story. Nathan, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. So if I start crying... You're going to have to take over, okay? I got a box of Kleenex right here, just in case. All right. Tesla has raised the prices for multiple models. The Model X will now cost you $122,440 to join the cult, which I consider most Mazda owners to be in a cult. Uh, they're, uh, the higher prices are now uh, reflected in Tesla's online configurator. Um, right now, delivery estimates range from sometime this month into June 2023, depending on which model you select. Uh, they just updated their website overnight to display the changes. Uh, they just increased back in March. The Model X, uh, it was at the hardest $6,000 more than if you would have clicked onto the website yesterday. Uh, the cheapest monster, which is the Model 3 standard range, stays at the same price, 48440 That's what it cost you to get into that one. The Model 3 long range, one up twenty five hundred bucks. It's now fifty nine four forty. The Y um, has um, gone up to sixty seven four forty, and the performance starts at um, seventy one thousand four hundred forty. Uh, interestingly, the only no cost color options on most models are white and gray. If you want blue, it's $1,000 extra. If you want black, it's $1,500 extra. And if you want that gnarly looking red color that they have, that'll cost you two grand on top of the price. Uh, this also comes as, uh, as uh, Lord Musk says, he needs to cut around 10% of salaried workers. And um, they have directed Tesla to pause all hiring 
worldwide. If you can't wait a full year for your Tesla, the Model S Plaid and the Model 3 Performance are the only cars to have delivery dates in of 22. So that's uh, something that uh, you want to take a look at if you're in the market for a Tesla. Um, more bad news for Tesla this week. Uh, the NHTSA, the uh, National Highway Traffic Administration, is uh, to find out why Tesla's all of a sudden just step on the brakes for no reason. Phantom braking is what they call it. And there's been several cases of it. So NHTSA wants to check into it. That coming on top of last week's revelation that Tesla has a high propensity to crash into emergency vehicles. There's some kind of glitch on the, on the, the, the uh, Tesla that when it hears a siren or, I don't know, maybe it sees a Dalmatian running down the street after a fire truck, it heads for it. So uh, if you're going to buy a Tesla, you may want to uh, check on those things before you uh, hand over uh, your money. But there's a lot of complaints and more growing uh, every day. As of these, uh, the Tesla Model 3, the Model Y EVs uh, have 350 drivers who have complained about the issue. Uh, 750 people have complained about problems with the automated emergency system. So they have until uh, June 20th to respond. So I guess they want that stuff quick, it seems. I, you know, listen, this is, and I'm not going to pick on Tesla, but we see problems with these electric cars uh, because many people believe that they're being rushed to market. They're trying to get them going while uh, the iron's hot, strike while the iron's hot, if you will. And... Let's face it, uh, some of these cars um, are being rushed along before maybe they figured out some of the problems with them. It's not unusual. It happens to, uh, you know, to other vehicles as well, uh, to internal combustion vehicles as well. But it's magnified right now with uh, the Tesla. I mean, with the uh, electric vehicles, sorry. So something to think about. Um, I still have faith in the electric vehicles. I think that there you have teams of engineers looking at these vehicles. And when problems come up, they're doing their best to straighten them out right away. And so far, that's what we've seen with electric vehicles that they, boom, they get straightened out right away. All right. One thing I wanted to tell you about before we get to the um, Saturday morning, is our friends at Drive Toward a Cure. We've had, remember we had Jeff last year uh, on talking about this. Um, we had uh, Joni 
uh, Purcell on, uh, who drove her motorcycle around the country and raised, uh, I don't know, 10,000 bucks, I think, for uh, Drive Toward a Cure. Drive Toward a Cure is an organization that is dedicated to finding a cure for Parkinson's disease. And if you or anybody in your family have ever been disease, uh, you know how much it, um, how intense it is uh, of people trying to find a cure and how intense it is of people trying to get services to help them in the simplest tasks in life. And it's, it's not an easy disease. And the people at the drive toward a cure, Deb and her, her friends there are really trying to make a difference. And I believe that they do make a difference. If they didn't, I wouldn't be telling you about them. But uh, they do a thing every year, 75 days of summer. This year, of course, 2022, they started uh, June 19th. Uh, it'll go till September 5th. And 75 days of summer is simply, uh, you, they, they've simplified it so much this year uh, that uh, you go on their website at drivetortacure.org and uh, they have made it so you can join uh, for a contribution of 20 bucks. And if you get more contributions, uh, but every week, they give out prizes. There's a grand prize, but there's also every week they pick some names out of the people that have joined. Um, and you have an opportunity to win some great prizes. Uh, I, I think there's uh, uh, gas cards and there's uh, a chance to win uh, a a week at a, or a weekend at a driving school. There's just a bunch of really great. If you raise two hundred dollars in pledges, or is it a hundred in pledges? If you raise a hundred in pledges, you get two hundred dollars worth of uh, mother's um, car care products. So right there for a hundred bucks plus, they have an opportunity for kids to get involved with the rising stars is what they call it. it's a separate thing. eighteen to twenty five. Get your kids used to raising some money for people. And uh, the way they've reconstructed the program, it gives everybody a chance to win, whether you drive uh, 100 miles or 100,000 miles. So please uh, go toward a cure.org, hashtag Summer Drive 2022 to support Parkinson's disease. Uh, get involved in the 75 days of summer. It's one of the simplest things that you'll ever do. And it will give you the opportunity to, um, to help to do something and to uh, help people who have become afflicted with this disease and maybe hopefully someday find a cure for it. Uh, and I personally, uh, at, you know, ask you to get involved with this because it really is a worthwhile cause and um, give you a chance to do something uh, for somebody else for not a lot of cash. You know what I'm saying? You can get involved here uh, very cheaply. I'm going to sign up today. I hope you will too. All right. Saturday morning cartoon time. 
beautiful song. Uh, we get a chance to uh, paint or, or listen to uh, a very moving tribute about uh, a young man who was given his dad's pickup truck and his feelings as he drives that truck around the town he grew up. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this week, we get a chance to drive around, or got a chance to drive around in the Toyota Avalon Hybrid XSE Nightshade. This is a big and beautiful car. Uh, This is what cars used to be when we were growing up with names like Impala and the Galaxy and LTD. It is a full-size, attractive, spacious car. And it's going away. Yes, the flagship sedan of Toyota, the Avalon, will be no more after uh, this August. So if you like this car, if you hear my review and you say, boy, that's the car for me, you better run to your Toyota dealer and see if you can get one. The uh, XSE Nightshade Edition I drove from the outside has a beautiful aggression. It looks mean just standing there. It's got a big wide mouth grill, beautiful lines. Uh, and for a big car, it really looks um, looks sharp. Uh, the silver and black Nightshade Edition I uh, looked like it belonged in a Raider fan's uh, driveway. It was really a sharp looking car. You would not be embarrassed driving up to the country club uh, or to uh, 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 a nightclub in this thing. Front wheel drive, hybrid powertrain, 200 plus horsepower, uh, it, seamless integration with the uh, powertrain uh, going from electric. It, it drives a limited amount of miles on electric only, but um, you know the gas mileage on this thing, 41 around the city. These days, that makes a difference, a big difference. Uh, and 41 miles per gallon, you get about the same, I think a little bit more on the highway. You slide into this thing. Uh, the interior is luxuriously done. They spare no expense in this interior. It feels good when you sit in it. Uh, the seats adjust, they bolster, they heat. Uh, the only thing was in this particular car, no cool seats. I didn't quite get that. But be that as it may, still a very comfortable car to drive. You can stretch out. If you're tall like Nathan, you have plenty of headroom even with the sunroof handling dynamics on the car. It's not a sports car. It handles like a large car. That's what it does. That is exactly what it is. It's the Toyota Avalon $44,157 on the show. All sorts of uh, great safety equipment in there as well. Uh, This, if you like big cars, is the one you ought to run and grab until you can't grab one anymore because it is a winner from Toyota. That's going to do it for Drive Time this week. We thank you so much for listening to the show. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And uh, have fun, and we'll see you next week if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise right here on Drive Time.